this is Date, But Don't Sin, a limited episode podcast designed to help Christians in their pursuit of holy dating. Hey everyone, this is episode 4 of Date, But Don't Sin. I'm James, and I'm excited to talk about a better way forward. As we continue to explore the idea of pursuing Christ-likeness in dating relationships, it was only a matter of time before we talked about boundaries. Are boundaries bunk? Let's talk about it. For a long time, it seems that boundaries, especially physical boundaries, are the preferred method that couples use to keep themselves from sin. But they don't work. At least I don't think so. Beyond having first-hand experience in this category, I've heard countless stories of boundaries working for all of two seconds in relationships before they bend and morph and get pushed back and eventually collapse altogether. And it typically looks like this. Boundaries start out very general, like, hey, let's not kiss. But then when the urge to kiss becomes too strong, the couple kisses for the first time, and they look at that boundary and say, well, that one was too restrictive. Let's bump it back a bit. Now the new boundary is, okay, we can kiss, but for no longer than three seconds. And we definitely can't use tongue. And then one night, in a moment of passion, the tongue slips in, back to the drawing board. The new boundaries made, okay, we can use a little tongue, but only for 10 seconds, and we definitely can't lay down while we kiss, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. I'm not trying to be irreverent here, but I want to show the real nature of boundaries and how they so quickly devolve into meaningless, unhelpful rules that constantly lead us to compromise after compromise until eventually we have nothing left to compromise. When we use the word boundary, it should conjure up an image of a guardrail at the edge of a mountain road or maybe a fence between us and a ferocious lion. The problem is, because of the deceptive nature of sin, we don't really believe that our physical boundaries are keeping us from destruction. Truth be told, we view them more as obstacles to our pleasure. We don't look past the fence and see a hungry lion waiting to devour us. We see paradise beyond those walls, and we want in. So instead of staying far away from those boundaries, from those walls, we creep up to them to see if we can see through the cracks in the fence. Or better yet, maybe we can balance on top of it. It's this tendency, it's this temptation that spells failure for our boundaries. We also rarely make boundaries without making concessions to our flesh and selfishness. We begin by asking the question, how far can we go? Or really, what can we get away with? After all, we don't want to be too radical and miss out on pleasure. Something in us tells us that we're pushing the limits of what we know is pure and right, even on our first draft of boundaries. But the lure of passions can be so strong. So where do we go from here? In my estimation, boundaries don't work. But is there really a better way forward? Well, first, I think we need to start by asking a better question. And... Look, we don't have a list of scripture references that explicitly talk about the very recent model of Western world dating. However, Jesus did tell us how to treat our neighbor, and it wasn't an afterthought for him. It was the second greatest commandment. He's serious about it. The person you're dating is really an extended category of your neighbor. So instead of asking a question that primarily serves your self-interest, like what can we get away with, the holy dater asks, how can I love my neighbor? And since the most loving thing we can do for a person is move them closer to the person of Jesus so that they might find more and more delight in him, we ask, how can I seek this person's sanctification? 
How can I help this person look more like Jesus, be more holy? That has to be our starting point. It's our foundation and it's our finish line. And when we're done dating, is this person going to look more like Jesus? So practically speaking, how do we pursue healthy, holy dating and the sanctification of our neighbor, the person we're dating, in terms of physical, emotional, and spiritual intimacy? I have an idea of how to do this, and the basic premise of it is to create an intimacy chart based on stage of relationship. It's going to get a little technical, so try to stay with me. So the chart can be segmented into four different parts. Casual dating, like going on a couple dates to see if things will go anywhere. Uh, The second stage is in a relationship. Third is engaged, and fourth is married. This differs from the conventional approach in that typically relationships just progress very linearly based on their length, not their stage. So if you were to track intimacy in a normal relationship where people are not thinking about how their relationship will progress in a way that honors Christ, we'll typically see the length of a relationship determine the levels of intimacy rather than the stage of relationship. So in the intimacy chart model, we allow our stage of relationship to put a ceiling on the levels of intimacy spiritual, emotional, and physical intimacy that can be reached. And we track all these metrics on a scale of 1 to 10. I hope you're staying with me here. By the way, speaking of those numbers 1 to 10, I'm not going to define what those numbers mean for people because I think that kind of defeats the point. But we're trying to not start from the point of how far can we go. Instead, it's more of a protection mindset. So when you think of these numbers, think, how can I fight for and defend and move towards the holiness of the person I'm dating and my own personal holiness? Many people get two months into a relationship and they're already at a 10 emotionally, spiritually, and physically. This obviously should not be. So let's do a bit of charting for a relationship. If you're in the casual dating stage, seeing where things will go. Honestly, I don't think there's any reason to go above a one in regards to emotional and spiritual intimacy, and you shouldn't even be on the chart for physical intimacy. And that might seem a little extreme for some people, but again, we're not pursuing pleasure, not in the temporal sense. We're seeking holiness, which leads to eternal pleasure. Once we get into a relationship, I would say the ceiling or limit for emotional and spiritual intimacy would be around a five, right? So we've passed into this next stage. We're actually in a committed relationship. So we've got a five for the ceiling of emotional and spiritual intimacy. But it doesn't start there. That's where it should build to. And it doesn't pass that point until it passes on to that next stage. Here's where maybe a bit of controversy will start. I would say that the ceiling for physical intimacy in this dating stage should be a two or a three. And you may have noticed in both of these stages, casual dating and in a committed relationship, physical intimacy trails both emotional and spiritual intimacy in regards to its ceiling. And there's a reason for that. Physical intimacy tends to be the thing that gets out of hand more quickly and can wreak havoc in our lives, leading to hurting our emotional and spiritual health. It's the thing that we have to be the most vigilant over. It's not that I hate physical intimacy. It can be a beautiful thing. In fact, its beauty and its preciousness is the very reason that our enemy attacks us and the reason we have to be so protective and alert over it. Physical intimacy is just in a realm of its own in its ability to control our thought life and haunt us years later. Don't get me wrong. I remember stupid things I've done regarding emotional and spiritual intimacy, But those things don't hold a candle to my physical intimacy and their ability to rule my thought life. The mistakes that I've made in that realm still roam around in my mind and plague me. 
And that doesn't mean that God hasn't forgiven me. And that's something we're going to address in our next podcast. So I don't want to get too far down that road at this point. So let's move on to charting the final two stages. Once you get to engagement, I would think emotional and spiritual intimacy could advance up to a seven or an eight by the time you're about to be married. But let me make another controversial statement here. There is no reason for your physical intimacy to go any higher than that two or three that we had in the last stage. And if it does go higher, maybe up one or two points. Listen, the more you keep that level down, the happier and holier you're going to stay. Both of you break up or get married. That's just facts. There is no advantage to allowing that intimacy to creep up on you. It will only lead you to pain. And even if you do end up married, you both are going to look back on your relationship and wish you had done things differently. Why go into marriage like that? Instead, allow your relationship to be lived in the light. I know you're wondering what a two or a three in physical intimacy should look like, so let me give you a little guideline. These are acts of physical intimacy that you should have no problem doing in front of your boyfriend or girlfriend's parents or your pastor, okay? So I'll let you worry about the specifics there, but just use that as a guide. Now, the cool thing about charting out a relational intimacy graph is that this is something you can do right now, whether you are dating or single. Actually make the graph and put it someplace that you look at often as accountability for yourself. Maintain your integrity and measure yourself and your relationship against it. Are you within the limitations you envisioned and hoped for for yourself? If not, make changes now. Don't wait. Make a copy for an accountability partner and have them check in on you. Intimacy is too important. Your holiness and the holiness of the person you date is too important to mess this up. Listen, guys, I know this is a lot, but remember Jesus' promise at the end of the Great Commission. He is with you always. I hope this episode has blessed you. If you have thoughts or questions about the episode or want to reach out, you can hit me up at datebutdontsin at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be answering the question, What if I've gone too far? I look forward to diving into that with you. Until next time, date, but don't sin.